Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Scouts podcast, episode number 39. I am your host, Chad Workman, joined by fellow scout Matt Nine. Today on the show, we're going to talk championship weekend. We're going to help you uh, make some sit-start decisions. We're going to run through some guys that have been sort of uh, busts in the playoffs so far and, and try to figure out if you can trust them next week in a title game. And we're going to talk about the unfortunate injury that James Robinson suffered. Matt and I, two of the biggest J-Rob fans uh, you've probably heard. So pretty crushed by the injury, but we might be able to speak some uh, optimism into you regarding that. So um, before we get into the show, remember to head on over to patreon.com backslash fantasy scouts. Uh, you know, tons of content dropping daily still, and it will continue through the off season. We've got some exciting stuff coming over at ffballallday.com. So go check that out and, and stay locked onto our website because we've got some exciting changes coming there. Uh, with that, Matt, let's get into it. start uh with the james robinson injury if you haven't heard listeners uh suffered a torn achilles after what was it three carries for 10 yards this weekend so uh it was definitely a bummer to see him you know just score one point in your semifinals. but the bigger bummer is of course a torn achilles not a friendly injury to running backs but uh, you know, we're seeing some guys, I mean, Cam Akers reportedly could be active this weekend. So, I mean, that's like I think he's supposed months. to play. Yeah, expected to play, and that's five months removed. So, you know, J-Rob's got like eight, nine months, I believe, before, you know, training camp gets going. So he's got some time here. Uh, but I guess what do you make of the situation and – does this kind of open the door for Travis Etienne in the offseason? Is J-Rob still the running back to own there? Or I guess what do you make of the situation, Matt? Matt, first off, thoughts and prayers as a J-Rob. I'm absolutely crushed for him. He's just simply one of my favorite fantasy players. Not only that, he's just one of my favorite football players. He's he's so humble. He's such a good football player. And it's just really, really bummer to see this happen to a guy like him. But Injuries are part of the game, as we know, and, you know, it's part of the territory. As for, you know, the long-term outlook here, you know, when it comes to Cam Akers, I, I've been saying that his return he's going to return. James Robinson is also going to return. He's going to play football again. I'm, I'm not worried about him be, not being able to recover from this. The question has always been when a player gets back, are they able to return to the same form that they were before from an explosive standpoint, from an agility standpoint, from a speed standpoint? And that is yet to be seen. Now, hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm all over the Cam Akers bandwagon now. Like, I, I hope he makes it back just so it gives me a little positive hope for James Robinson. But it, it is definitely going to be an uphill battle for James Robinson. And for someone like him, you know, undrafted, you know, free agent, two years, you know, one year, over a thousand yards in his second year, he was 
creeping up on it, could, could have had two back-to-back thousand-yard seasons. It's just really devastating for someone like him, especially going into a contract year now. As we know, undrafted free agents are only signed to three-year deals, so this could potentially be his last year in Jacksonville unless he's traded over the offseason, which there are plenty of teams that could use someone like him. He is still young, as is Cam Akers. They have youth on their side, so that's good. But I still think he's the running back to own in Jacksonville simply because there's going to be a new coaching staff who didn't draft Travis Etienne. James Robinson has, what is it, 30-plus games under his belt of legit NFL you know, experience, I guess you could say, where he's performed, he's been exceptional, he's one of the best backs in the league from a t- statistical and efficiency standpoint. And Travis Etienne also hasn't played at all. So I still want J-Rob. There is, I guess the door is a little more cracked open now simply because, you know, maybe James Robinson isn't the same as he was before. But new staff and Etienne hasn't played and James Robinson has proven. So as far as the Jacksonville Jagbacks, I want J-Rob still. Yeah, I do agree with you. It's it's just crushing. Like like you said, he's one of your favorite players. He's he's one of mine too. Just and you know, the season that he's had to endure with all of the Urban Meyer drama and the erratic usage. I mean, we we saw the interview. He's just such a good humble dude and it's it's really unfortunate. I mean, you don't want to see this happen to anybody out there, but especially a guy like James Robinson and you know, if you just look at his stats this year, Anytime he got consistent usage, every time he cleared 15 touches, he scored at least 12 and a half points. And that's by far the lowest. If you remove that one, every other game with 15 touches, he cleared 17 points. He was pretty much, I mean, there were a lot of people fading him this year. And obviously the Travis Etienne injury sort of, uh, you know, opened the door for J-Rob to, to continue to be the guy there. But still a lot of people question his talent and still said he's just a guy, but I think he truly, if, I mean, if you had any questions about that, he truly established himself as, you know, a near elite back in the NFL, one of the, right. you know, best all around backs in the league. And, you know, like you said, I, I think he's still the guy to own because he proved himself yet again. And, if anybody, you know, can come back from this, I think he's the type of guy who can do it. And, you know, he, he grades out well in every metric for, you know, like PFF grades. He's a great pass blocker, all of those things. And, um, you know, with with some of these kind of hybrid running back wide receivers, and I know Etienne isn't necessarily a receiver, but we're seeing interesting usage with guys like Debo Samuel and, and Corderell Patterson. And I just think they are, you know, it obviously depends who they bring in as head coach, but I think there's a good chance they view ETN as more of a weapon and, you know, James Robinson as your more traditional running back. So I agree with you. I'm still all in on J Rob, uh, but it's, it's definitely an unfortunate injury and, and it, just couldn't happen to a better guy. So uh, thoughts and prayers with him. I hope he bounces back. And and I think like you mentioned, the explosive element is the biggest question, but hopefully he, he can kind of regain that explosiveness. From a dynasty perspective, if you are out because of this injury, I mean, Cam Akers was still fetching a first in most places, even after the injury. 
simply because of anticipated workload. I mean, he hadn't exactly shown us a whole, whole lot, not nearly as much as somebody as James Robinson. So I don't think James Robinson is fetching you a first even before this injury. So I think you have to hold. I mean, if you're selling, he's part of a bigger package that's getting you one, two elite players. And if you're not getting a first in return for him, I don't want a second. I would rather hold James Robinson than a second. Would you agree? I would agree. Or, and in or fact, even multiple seconds. Yeah, I would agree. I think, I think he could have fetched you a first before this, but I think this specifically, like it gives those doubters a little bit more ammunition to say, Oh, well, like now, you know, he's coming off this injury and ETN is there and so on. But I think if anything, it could potentially open a buying window. Like I would love to go give a second round pick and get him, uh, you know, in a dynasty league, if, if an owner is afraid of, you know, this injury and ETN coming back and so on. And I think it might open a buying window. You think? Yeah, absolutely. Because like I said, I don't think he's ever been worth more than Cam Akers. Right. Cam Akers, like I said, has been all hype. And James Robinson has been more production than Akers. So I think you might even be able to get James Robinson cheaper than for a second, potentially a late second, maybe a couple threes. So I think it's a great buy window for the right price. I wouldn't sell only because you're probably not going to get what he's really worth. So I'm just holding... And hoping for the comeback. I mean, like I said, that's just the way I play with some of my guys. You know, he's one of my favorite players. I picked him up at the beginning of 2020, you know, in anticipation after Fournette was traded and stuff like this. And, you know, he helped me win a couple of titles last year. So he's just one of those guys who's just going to die, you know, on, on my roster. I'm not going to trade him, not going to cut him. You know, once he's out of the league, then he's off my roster, that, that kind of player for me. But like I said, I think you're holding unless you can get a first or more where he's part of a bigger package for better players. But for draft picks, I, I can't imagine you're going to get anything that, that's worth more than him. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, if you have any doubts, just just go look at his game logs and his production. It's it's truly well beyond his perceived value. And that's where you have to capitalize is that perceived value because the perception around him has never been that he's, you know, an elite running back. It's it's always been below what his production is. And, and like you said, especially now. So I think, you know, if there's a guy that you can believe in, in terms of coming back from this, uh, J-Rob is, is that guy, I would say. So go poke around, try to uh, make some offers, but I'm with you. I'm, I'm not selling where I have him. So, yep. Um, okay, let's talk playoffs obviously we're heading into championship weekend uh i've got a couple teams you know fortunate enough to to still be in it and and trying to win a title i'm sure our listeners have many so let's try to help our listeners out some uh we've got a list of guys here who are big names and have kind of busted so far in the playoffs they haven't really done anything so i want to talk about maybe why they've busted and if you can trust them in your lineup in you know a championship matchup so let's start with quarterback and uh matthew stafford being the biggest uh i guess quarterback bust thus far obviously that you know he's played very well this season but week 15 against seattle he put up just over 15 points so not 
not terrible, but not great. And then obviously this past weekend, potential shootout with the Vikings, right? I thought it would be a, a pretty high scoring affair and both quarterbacks would, would put up some numbers and Stafford posted just 6.68 points. So I guess, you know, what are you seeing from him, Matt? And are you trusting him in the playoffs? One thing I would add, week 17, he's at Baltimore, who Burrow just absolutely torched, and quarterbacks have been torching through the second half of the season. They've got a lot of injuries in the secondary, and they're just kind of a mess back there. So pretty prime matchup, right? Yeah, Baltimore doesn't have any healthy secondary guys. So I like Stafford as a start, but – I think you got to bake in a couple interceptions, you know, just go ahead and mark off minus four of whatever he scores. I mean, this guy is four picks in the last two weeks, three last week alone against a very bad Minnesota defense. I mean, he still gave you 11 and a half points prior to that against Seattle. He gave you 21 and a half. I don't know. I think you, 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 the standard scoring, he was at 15 and, Six and a half. I don't know if you have like a league you're looking okay. at with some bonuses, but that's what Maybe. ESPN standard is is showing. So even lower than you referenced. Yeah, 21 and a half. And no, still 11 and a half. This is half point. Four point passing to you. I mean, regardless, I don't know if you can necessarily trust him, but also at the same time, I don't know. You know, if you have Stafford, I don't know if you have anybody else. You probably drafted him to be your QB one. I mean, he's QB, was it QB seven overall in the year right now? Uh, QB. Yeah, QB7 overall player, currently QB5. So I think you have to roll him out there. The matchups are nice. Can't hate on that. You got Baltimore, and if you play Week 18, San Francisco, so two really juicy mat- matchups. So, I, like I said, I, I think you roll him out there. It is what it is, but I would expect a couple interceptions. Yeah, I agree. Especially with, I mean, just in that offense against Baltimore, it has the potential to tilt a matchup in your favor and, and really win you a title. I think... The question would be like, you know, I'm in in our scouts league, actually. I'm in the title and I have Aaron Rodgers, my QB1, and then Stafford's my QB2. And then I have Carson Wentz. And obviously the, the COVID situation changes things for Wentz. But I think that's kind of the question is like, would you roll a Stafford over like, I don't know, other guys like Ryan Tannehill or, or Tua? Here you go. Trey Lance is getting a start this week against Houston. Is he? Would you, rather, would you rather play him or Stafford? Mm, I, th- I think I would stick with Stafford, even though Lance is exciting there with his rushing upside. I think, I just think Stafford against Baltimore has one of the highest upsides of the week, I would say. Do you agree? Uh, on paper, it looks good, but so did last week. So, But I mean, comparing to Lance, would you... I mean, Lance is going to offer you a lot of rushing upside. The one game he started against Arizona, he had 20-plus points and he only threw the ball like 11 times. Right. So. But, you know, against Houston, too, they might, uh, especially if Elijah Mitchell comes back, I mean, maybe the – Houston shut down uh, uh, Herbert last week, so. True. I don't know. They might just lean on the running game. If you have Stafford, I think you're rolling him out there. I don't think you really have another choice. If you do have a better option, I'm surprised. But like I said, I, I think he's a fine play. I was just, you know, I would be prepared for a pick or two. Yeah, I agree. 
Let's uh, move on. This one's a little bit more interesting. Terry McLaurin, guy who I've been very high on. I think it's more a product of just the offense rather than him. But regardless, he's posted seven points in PPR leagues in the last two weeks. And really, even, I mean, you look back from week 12 on. He po- Week 12, he scored nine points. Week 13, he scored 5.2. Week 14, he was shut out, zero points. Oh. Weeks go back 15 even, and 16, seven points. Go back even further. Since week five, he's only had two double-digit games. Yeah, three I'm showing, but yeah. We that's, must be looking at different scoring system here, but regardless, yeah. That, that's not good. No. that's. I mean, if you drafted him, you probably drafted him to be at least you know, a high and wide receiver two, if not a wide receiver yeah. one. So if you'd relied I'm, on him throughout the season, honestly, you're you're probably not in a title game. But it's different for dynasty, right? Like, right. I think um, I think it's a good buy opportunity. It's very clearly that they're going to have another quarterback there next year. Heineke isn't the guy. There's a right. chance that Kyle Allen plays this week. I saw a report on that. Uh, Heineke might start, uh, but if it starts to go south quickly, then Kyle Allen might come in, and then Kyle Allen might just start outright. They're kind of still debating on that in Washington, and if Kyle Allen does start. I like McLaurin a little bit more. But again, it's a little bit like Stafford. If you're in the title game, I don't know who else you have that you would rather play over McLaurin. Would you rather play like a Gabe Davis over McLaurin? I think Gabe Davis has already been... St. Brown? I think Gabe Davis has already been rolled out. Um, Although, I don't know now that they're changing the COVID thing. It might open it up because it was 10 days now. It's supposedly five days, but he was... Uh, had been ruled out, but um, regardless, I would I would rather play Amon Ross St. Brown probably this week. Would you? I don't. I don't know. It's like that's that's where we're at with this. I mean, at least with Amon Ross St. Brown, you know that they are they're working to get him the ball like they're manufacturing touches he's had 11 or 12 targets in each of the last four games Hawkinson is still out I mean you know that they're gonna pepper him with targets McLaurin I mean he might only see like three targets and they might all be uncatchable yeah I'd probably rather play St. Brown against Seattle honestly yeah and that's probably the range of a guy that if you do have somebody else to play it's you know, it's it's going to be a rookie who's broken out or maybe somebody you grabbed off the waiver wire that's kind of come alive. Um, trying to think of others in that range. I mean, maybe somebody like Christian Kirk uh, against Dallas. Would you have a thought there? That should be a high-scoring game. I wouldn't mind Kirk over McLaurin yeah. for sure, especially with Hopkins out. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, – I think I'm probably with you. Yeah. yeah that I, if I had to guess that that game probably has the highest point total. Yeah, I think it does. That's that's one you you want players, you want guys in for sure. You just want a piece of that. So yeah, yeah. That's I think in dynasty though, I I wouldn't mind a little bit like J. Rob, although there's no injury here with McLaurin, just more so he's just been really bad this year. Wouldn't mind throwing out some twos, see if you can maybe get one accepted even mind a late one i wouldn't i wouldn't mind that at all so yeah i was gonna say i'd still pay a late one for sure i mean you, 
like you said, they're they're going to address the quarterback position one way or another. Uh, Absolutely. There's just no way it stays this bad, and the dude is. I feel like we can say this about a lot of teams, but I know that they were uh, one of the top teams for Deshaun Watson pre allegations and stuff like that went on. So if his situation gets cleared up, maybe they re-enter that conversation. Uh, I've also, I don't want to say I made a bet with Sam, but I told him to book it. And one of his other close buddies also thinks the same thing. Uh, I actually believe that Mitchell Trubisky will be the starting quarterback for Washington next year. So yes, I like that. I'd like that a lot, actually. So I'm of the opinion that Trubisky is going to be a starter somewhere. I've even thought about Denver if they miss on some of the other guys, especially if you could bring in like Dabble with him or something. But I could definitely see something like Trubisky, and even that is like a big upgrade. And you know, sometimes it takes these guys time to develop. I mean, look at what happened with Ryan Tannehill. I think there's a chance Trubisky goes somewhere else and finds some success. He's probably not going to be, you know, an elite quarterback in this league, but he would provide definitely an upgrade for somebody like McLaurin. So yep. definitely and when it good... comes to fantasy too, Trubisky has, has legs. He's a lot of rushing. For sure. He's... I think I have him in all of my, maybe all but one of my two QB leagues. Uh, yep. Just a guy I've stashed. And the one thing I'll say about Washington is I think they were a pretty appealing spot for a quarterback. I wonder now that their defense has taken a big step back if you know a quarterback looks at that situation a little differently than they might have last offseason when their defense was expected to be really good but either way i mean there's only so many i mean there's a decent amount of like free agent options even like mariota you know in addition to the big names like rogers and wilson and watson i mean gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. I mean, there's... he's that's in division. I could see him going somewhere like Denver, though, if they don't get their guys, because they sure. were rumored for Minshew last summer. Um, maybe Ty, what about Tyler Huntley? Yeah, I, I'm still of the belief that that he's going to stick around in Baltimore. I don't think they're going to let him go, but you never know. It, that would be it's possible. And I remember, you know, I'm sure you had seen that conversation I had with Andrew. I'm not saying he's for sure leaving, but teams are going to call for sure. And it, and if the Ravens say, yeah, you gotta, you know, you have the 40th overall pick, we'll do that. He's right. yours. Like I, I mean, it wouldn't, sh- it wouldn't shock me if the right offer came along and Baltimore said, yeah, take him. Well, we just talked about Baltimore being so weak in the secondary, and I mean, because it's not like some... Josh Johnson looked bad last week. Right, I, he's really proving himself as a capable backup. He's played really well in the two, you know, with the Jets so, and with the Ravens now. And if you can get some pieces to help that defense, and I mean, they're not going to, they're still going to move forward with Lamar. So, um, yeah, maybe, maybe Josh Johnson kind of helps them. I, I think the tricky thing for them is they need a backup that has a similar skill set to Lamar, right? And Huntley provides that. So I think that's what makes it tough. But yeah, Johnson has played well. Yeah. So I think my thing is, is just, I, I, I'm stashing him. I got him everywhere. So I'm super excited about that. Um, he's going to sit on my bench next year. I, I hope he gets traded. He gets an opportunity. I think he deserves it. I, and I don't think it's a fluke. I, I watched that, that game film against Green Bay. He's the real deal. He's really, really good. And I don't know how he went undrafted, but I'd like to see him get a shot. I, I do agree. I th- Well, I think it's, I'm probably a little higher than you. I think it's 50-50 right now that he gets, that he gets moved. But again, I think teams will definitely call. And if, like I said, if the Ravens get the right offer, I don't see why they wouldn't. Yeah, 
Everybody's but, for sale at a certain price. Yeah, that's very true. But either way, I think we're both in agreement that Terry McLaurin is uh, definitely a bounce back candidate for next Absol- year. But absolutely. you're definitely looking at other options if you got him in terms of this week. So um, how about Cordero Patterson, a guy that really surprised us all this year? He has produced a total of 12 and a half points over the last two weeks combined. Uh, hasn't done, uh, he's averaging under two yards per carry. He's only caught three passes in the last two games for four four yards total. Uh, they, they're at Buffalo this weekend, so it's not a friendly matchup. What are you doing with Patterson? Again, it's, it might be a situation where you don't have another option, but he's a guy who was on the waiver wire early in the year, so you might have other guys. Yeah, I mean, he has Buffalo and New Orleans the next two weeks. I'm not – you can't start him with any confidence. Last week he was a start for the scouts against a, a really bad Detroit front. And like you said, he got seven, let's see here, nine tu- or eight touches. It's just not good enough. It's just not good enough, especially when, when you need need in this scenario, it's just championship weekend. You got to win. And I, I would imagine that people probably have do, do have better options simply because he was a waiver wire acquisition. It wasn't necessarily drafted in the offseason. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm not starting Cordell Patterson this week. I, I would rather start someone like Matt Breida, honestly. Matt Breida was inactive last week. He was a healthy scratch. I would not start Matt Breida. I actually think I would still start CPAD. I have him in one le- in our scouts league, actually. But, you know, my other options are like Michael Carter, Tony Pollard. So would you start those guys over Patterson? Because I think I'd probably still start Patterson and just. Absolutely. Uh Miles Sanders is out this week, and Jordan Howard is questionable. If Jordan Howard goes, I'd rather start him. Yeah, I'd rather start Rashad, Rashad Penny. I'd rather start Penny. Yeah. So, but I think I'm still a little optimistic. Just that, I mean, it's very clear that he's outside of Pitts. He's their best offensive player and somebody that they have to utilize. And I, I just think, I. I think I'm taking a shot on him. I mean, he's he's kind of gotten a lot of teams this far. I I think I'm I'm starting him, but it's definitely risky. I can't start him against Buffalo and Matt Ryan. It's just it's too risky. That's fair. I think we differ a little bit, but I don't I don't blame anybody for benching him, especially again, it's it all comes down to your other options. Um I think I think I'm going to have to start two of Patterson, Tony Pollard, and Michael Carter. Uh, I think for me, I'm going to start Patterson and and probably Pollard just because I don't really believe in that Jets offense enough, especially against Tampa Bay. But it definitely comes down to, you know, your other options. So how about Devonta Freeman, who another guy who kind of surprised this year and and you know, people started relying on him as like an RB2, but he's week 15, he scored 3.4 points and week 16, he scored 10 because he found the end zone, but six carries for 22 yards, six carries for 17 yards, just a couple of receptions. Uh, they get the Rams this weekend. So a tough matchup. What are you doing with Freeman? Again, it's another guy. I'm not sure you have to start him if you have him. Mid-season, waiver-wire acquisition kind of player. I think you're hoping for a touchdown. The volume just isn't there, but he is still the goal line back. And maybe with Lamar Jackson back, 
if his ankle's okay, they might he might take it in for a score. But if it's not okay, maybe they opt to hand it off a little bit more often. So I I, I think it's similar to Cordell Patterson. I don't think I'm starting him. I'm looking at other options, but if you don't have any, then you know you have to. Yeah, I think if if Lamar's back, it probably helps his case. Still a tough matchup against the Rams. I think I'm definitely looking to start uh, other guys in that range. Like if you have, I'm just looking at projections. If you have like Daryl Williams, um, I would start him this week over Freeman. I would I would start a guy like Tony Pollard over Freeman. Uh, you know, guys like that. I I think I'm I'm really looking elsewhere for him. But a lot of people are going to be forced to start him and. I think it, with Lamar back, that could certainly help because, I mean, you look at his production, what changed in the last two weeks in terms of, you know, his production falling off, what changed in the offense? Well, Lamar Jackson wasn't out there, so. Yep. Uh, Melvin Gordon rushed for negative four yards last week. It was uh, seven carries, negative four yards. It was pretty bad. Um, they are at the Chargers this weekend, a very friendly matchup. I think you're trusting both him and Javante this week yep. against the Chargers, who Rex Burkhead just ran through. So I think that's a pretty easy one against the Chargers. Absolutely agree. And, I mean, Javante didn't exactly have a stellar game last week himself. He had no. seven carries for 12 yards. He just happened to get the goal line carry, which actually was pretty pleased to see immediately after that turnover that got them down to the goal line. He was the first guy on the field. Yep. So that's definitely encouraging. But yeah, I think Melvin Gordon and Javante, they got you this far. I think you're rolling out uh, Melvin Gordon again this week. Yeah, I think we could see a huge rushing game from from that tandem. Uh, How about Alvin Kamara, who I know lost... A lot of people, well, I shouldn't say he lost, but he wasn't able to get the win for a lot of people uh, in their Monday night matchup. He's produced week 15, put up five points, and then Monday night, 7.9. This weekend they get Carolina, but we know, I mean, the offense is pretty putrid without, uh, you know, a real quarterback back there. So are you trusting? I mean, you probably don't have a better option than Kamara, right? Can you really sit him? No, I, I don't think you can. I just I would temper expectations and go against a very tough and efficient Carolina defense. If Ian Book is starting, I, I'm I dislike it a whole a whole lot. But if for some reason Trevor Simeon starts again, I like it a little bit more. I agree with that. I think if Book starts, I mean you could you could look at other guys like I mean, there's the thing is we've had a lot of uh backup running backs or even third string running backs who've taken a hold of jobs and, and stuff like that. I mean, it's definitely possible you had somebody like Sony Michelle, right? Like I would rather start Sony Michelle, which is crazy. But if Ian book starts, I think you got to consider guys like that, that were depth options early in the year, but now we're starting running backs, you know, like Rojo uh, against the jets. I think I would, I would consider starting guys like that if Ian Book is starting again for the Saints. Any news on Taysom Hill? Do we know if he's back this week? Or is... I don't believe he is. I don't know that see I've here. seen anything official, but I was under the assumption that he was out. Yeah, no, he... no, no new news, but apparently they haven't ruled him out for this week. So, okay, just a situation to monitor. But again, if you have Kamara, I don't, I just don't know if you have a better option, really. 
I mean, you spent a top five, top six pick on him. So, right. How about Hunter Renfro, who kind of became a revelation? And he scored 13 points last week, but only because he found the end zone. His last two weeks, three for 32, three for 40. Uh, they're at Indianapolis this week. Is he a guy you're trusting this week? And why do you think? I mean, what's going on there? Yeah, you know, I think I am. I'm not the huge, the hugest of. That's not a word. The hugest, uh, the biggest we'll of, the biggest of believers in Renfro. Uh, he's a great slot guy. I understand he's the wide receiver 14 on the year right now, but looking long term down the road, I mean, it, it's expected that. Vegas gets a new quarterback next year, a new coach. I'm just not entirely sure how he's going to fit into a new offense. He was very John Gruden type of guy. So maybe he's part of a package that's traded this offseason. I'm not sure. But for this week, it's what we're talking about. I, I do trust him. It's going to be a shootout, even with Sam Ellinger back there or potentially Phillip Rivers. Apparently, they've reached out to him. Brett Hundley, if, if Sam turns out to be a close contact, he's also unvaccinated as is Wentz. So it's a must-win game for both teams, uh, more so Indianapolis now because they need this to continue their push to get into the playoffs. Same with the Raiders uh, coming off a gritty win last week against your Broncos. But, yeah, I, I, both teams are fighting for it. Both teams need this win extremely, extremely bad. So I, I definitely do think this is a good good start uh, for Red spot start for Renfo. I agree. I think, I think, uh, go ahead. I'll talk while you figure out your uh, enunciating over there. Yeah. It's you can work just... on that for a second. But I mean, week 13, 10 targets, week 14, 14 targets in the last two week, last two weeks, five targets, three ah. targets. I think, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to you. Too. Um, it's contagious, but, I think the biggest reason is just Derek Carr has kind of struggled the last few weeks, and that's kind of, you know, hurt Renfro's targets and overall production, but I think you're definitely starting him, and I think there's a good chance he gets back to that 10, 10 target range. So definitely a start for me. And then lastly, how about uh, Rob Gronkowski, who, you know, you would have thought with the injuries to – Evans and Godwin that he would really step up, but just three catches across the last two weeks, no more than 29 yards. Uh, he had, I mean, week 15, he had 11 targets in just two receptions last week, only two targets in one reception. Uh, they're at the jets this week. They're probably going to cruise to a victory. They might not be throwing the ball a whole lot, but you probably are another guy. You probably have to start, right? I mean, at Absolutely. tight end, there's not a lot of options. Absolutely. I'm starting him this week. Like you said, they get the lowly Jets. And I understand he had a, had a down week last week, but it was kind of a weird game. And the week before that, he had uh, minimal production as well, but he still saw 11 targets, as you said. So I think he's your tight end one this week. I would I would imagine they get into – he might get into the end zone at least once. Fournette's out. I don't know how heavily you can rely on the tandem of Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn. So I, I like Gronk this week for sure. Yeah, and I feel like Brady's the type of quarterback, like he knows what the production has been lately. Gronk is a guy that they're going to want to get going again before the playoffs. I think Brady's the type of guy that will look at him and say, like, we got to get this guy going before the playoffs. And 
make, you know, his best effort to, to get him the ball. So I'm with you there. Um, let's move on. We're, we're going to do sort of the same things, but I, I put some names together. Just going to go through a list and pick two to start this week. Um, you know, want to hear why. And it, it's kind of a similar exercise, but more so kind of some names in the players that are kind of in the same range. So let's run through these uh, kind of rapid fire. We'll do them quick. So pick two starters from Ronald Jones at the Jets, Michael Carter versus Tampa Bay, and Devin Singletary versus Atlanta. I'm going to go Ronald Jones at the Jets. Really bad defense. We just kind of talked about that. And Devin Singletary versus Atlanta. He's been the guy the past few weeks. The staff had come out recently and said that they rely on him. They they trust him to be their lead running back. And then I, I don't like Michael Carter against Tampa at all. League's best run defense. I completely agree. I don't really have anything to add. I, I'm not a huge Singletary guy, but he's been running well. And it just in that offense against Atlanta, I think that's the two are the clear choice. Um, pick two from... Dare Ogunbowale at New England, A.J. Dillon versus Minnesota, T.Y. Hilton versus Las Vegas, and K.J. Osborne at Green Bay. I'm not playing Ogunbowale versus New England. It's third string pass catching running back against one of the league's best defenses. Uh, I like A.J. Dillon against Minnesota. He's going to be one of my two. And then I'm going to go KJ Osborne at Green Bay. I, if I'm not mistaken, Adam Thielen left the game early last week, a little dinged yep. up, a little dinged up again. And if for some reason he misses KJ Osborne, it's going to be a great spot spot start in what should be another high scoring game. And then I don't like T.Y. Hilton because you know Carson Wentz isn't playing quarterback, and he's not even the primary receiver on the team. Yep, I don't have anything to add. I completely agree. I like KJ Osborne this week and AJ Dillon as well. You said it with T.Y. Just can't really rely on him. So uh, pick two between Brandon Ayuk versus Houston, Tyler Boyd versus Kansas City, and Devontae Smith at Washington. I'm going to go Tyler Boyd versus Kansas City. Should be another very high-scoring game. Tyler Boyd, along with Higgins and Chase, absolutely decimated the Ravens last week. Should be a tough battle in Cincinnati. And then I'm also going to go Devontae Smith at Washington. Again, one of the league's worst defenses. They had uh, him and Jalen had a connection last week. I think it was five for 82 and a touchdown, something along those lines. So they're, they're, the chemistry is finally starting to click for them. Yeah, it is. I, th- I, I probably agree just because of that matchup, but I do like Ayuk. I think he's... He's played pretty well down the stretch. Um, but man, you gotta start you gotta start Boyd, right? Against Kansas City, yeah. it could be a shootout and after that. Have to. Yeah, yep. I'm with you. I was leaning Ayuk over Smith, but I th- I think you're right. Just that matchup is is too good. It's with too Smith. good. Yep. Yeah. Um all right, two between DJ Moore at New Orleans, Christian Kirk at Dallas. Tony Pollard versus Arizona and Saquon Barkley at Chicago. I think, honestly, if you want me to go first, since I've just been agreeing with you, I think in this one, I'm sitting the big names. I'm sitting more in Barkley. I'm playing Christian Kirk at Dallas and Tony Pollard versus Arizona. That game, again, that's a game you want pieces of. And, you know, Tony Pollard is, I mean, he's getting 
anywhere from 10 to 15 touches a game in an explosive offense. They're using him. They're basically, at least the other night, they were rotating series between Pollard and Zeke, and he's just very involved when he's on the field. I mean, they utilize him as a lead running back, and Christian Kirk, you know, high-scoring game, he could definitely put up some points. I don't trust Moore or Barkley. Absolutely agree. Um, Daryl Williams at Cincinnati, Jamal Williams at Seattle, Isaiah McKenzie versus Atlanta, who came out of nowhere last week, and then Darnell Mooney versus the Giants. Pick two. I'm going to go with McKenzie, assuming, as you mentioned earlier, Davis sits again, and Darnell Mooney against the Giants. I think I'm finding a way to start Daryl Williams. Um, I would probably start Williams and Mooney. Um, but if if Gabe Davis sits, I, th- I think you also want – if Cole Beasley also sits, then I'm probably going McKenzie over Mooney. But if if one of those guys is active, I'm probably playing Mooney and Daryl Williams. I, I like Daryl Williams. A lot of high point total. He's He's been there receiving back, and he's going to get some early down work as well. So I think he could be in line for a big one. Uh, let's do some quarterbacks. Carson Wentz versus Las Vegas. Of course, I put this together before the the COVID situation. Um, Russell so Wilson Sam, versus what's that? Sam Elling, Sam Ellinger versus yeah, Las we'll Vegas. go Sam Ellinger and then Russell Wilson versus Detroit. Justin Fields versus the Jets. I actually said pick two. Why don't we just pick one from this list? I'm gonna go with Justin Fields versus the the Giants, not the Jets. Oops. Yep, yep. you're right. Same same reason I like Mooney. I think it's G- Giants defense isn't that good. I think Justin Fields brings a lot of rushing upside. Russell Wilson has been bad lately, and the Detroit shut down Kyler Murray last week. So I'm going with the young upside, have nothing to lose player here in Justin Fields. I agree. Seems kind of crazy to start him over Russ, but at this point, I think you've got to do it. Uh, Tannehill versus Miami, Kirk Cousins at Green Bay, and Tua at Tennessee. Pick two of these. I'm going to go with Cousins at Green Bay. Again, it should be a very high-scoring affair. And then I'm also going to go Tua at Tennessee. Tennessee has one of the worst secondaries in the entire NFL. However, they have been sharp as of late. But I'm still going to go Tua. I just I don't like Tannehill against Miami. No revenge game for me. I, I agree with that. Maybe these are uh, a little easier than I thought, but I'm sure these are somewhat real uh, considerations people have. But I, I completely agree with you there. Um, Tyler Higby at Baltimore, Jared Cook versus Denver, Cole Komet versus the New York Giants. I think you got to go Higby here for sure because we were just talking about earlier how bad the Ravens secondary is. Yep, and I agree. Then, I'm, I'm personally going Komet with the other one. I Yeah, it's, it's a coin flip for me. Komet's fine. Either or, I think. Yeah, it's a close one. Komet has kind of come on down the stretch. He's he's posted, you know, 13.1, 8.9. He's seeing five targets, nine targets, seven targets, 11 targets. So he's very involved. So I like Komet there. Um, last one, Noah Fant versus the Chargers. He's also kind of been a under-expectation player. Gerald Everett versus Detroit and Mike Gesicki at Tennessee. I mean, Gerald Everett's been playing pretty well lately, right? I, I... Yeah, he last two games he's had nine targets, eight catches, 128 yards, and a touchdown. I think he 
I think you got to start him. And then, I mean, I'm gonna Gisicki go, I'm gonna has go, the better matchup yeah. at Tennessee. I'm going to go, go Everett and, and Gesicki as well. I, if you have Noah Fant, I don't know if you have a better option. I still like him. It's it's an excellent start for Fant with this matchup. But for some reason, Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater are just immune to throwing to him outside of the first three weeks of the of each year. Yep. His targets so, have taken a complete nosedive. It's it's really frustrating. It's it's two years in a row where he's been like in fantasy's top tight end for the first two or three weeks, and then he just disappears just off the face of the planet. I think I will say if they I feel like it's a staff issue. Yeah, I agree. They need to I think they will get a new offensive staff, and I think they need to. But I do think there's a chance if they do have to put together a trade package for a quarterback. I think there's a decent chance he would be in it and then they would move to Alberto. I think Alberto is a really good dynasty sash, but so is Fant because absolutely either they get a new staff in there and hopefully utilize him more or he's part of a package, you know, to green Bay or something. And, and it's uh, con- contract year for Noah Fant. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but, but, aside of that though, I'm going to go Everett and Gasicki. I agree. Um, Everett was a guy I liked a lot coming into the year and he didn't really do much early on, but he's coming on now, which is, which is fun to see. Um, that's it for the list. Any other, you know, players, matchups, anything like that, that you want to, you want to talk about this week, Matt? I mean, it's, it's just been a crazy year with crazy playoffs, right? And so many guys in and out for COVID. I mean, is there anybody that you're starting that, you know, is kind of a, an eye opener or anything like that. Anything that you want to run through here? I mean, I mean, yeah, maybe Rashad Penny. Uh, I will say I, I I really do like, uh, uh, Ramondre Stevenson's matchup this week, New England against the Jets, New England against the Jags. If he's cleared off the COVID list, it's, I think it's a great start. Yeah, I agree. Other than that, I just, how do you feel about Gibson this week against Philly? It's a back end rush defense, but the last two games, I mean, he's just kind of been really bad. Yeah, and again, I I blame the offense. It's just been, it's just been tough. I, hmm. I mean, again, you probably don't have better options, but I think I would consider starting. You know, some of the other guys I named, like, I. I'm high on Daryl Williams this week against Cincinnati. I think that's a really good spot. Like I would start Daryl Williams over him. Some guys like that in that range. I'm starting Ellinger in one league. I'm oh, not wow. in the champion. I'm not in the championship game. I just, you know, fighting for gotcha. the, next, the next best spot. Cause I don't have any of my draft picks in that league. So I need to make it as worse as possible. My craziest start this week is going to be Amir Abdullah, which is, crazy i know but he is seeing six seven targets per game lately and uh you know the matchup against new orleans they're not going to be able to run the ball their running game is probably going to be some short dump down passes and i just lost james robinson i have no no fab left to bid on another running back uh just don't have you know i got guys like matt Breida who you know, if he were still active and being utilized, I'd start him, but I just don't really have any other options. But I think Abdullah could be a sneaky play just with the receiving work. Absolutely. I find it interesting that Matt Rule is the first coach in NFL history to ever figure out how to make a quarterback by committee work. 
<laughs> I man. It's, it, it's so tough to watch. It's so tough. And after firing Joe Brady, which was just weird to me, and now we're seeing this quarterback rotation. It's just there is I, I truly believe there's no team in the NFL that's more desperate for a quarterback than them. I agree. They'll do whatever the, it takes. The, the defense is good. You have very good uh, skill position players with Moore, CMC, Anderson. I don't know if Terrace Marshall's still a thing, but you have three, at least three really good players. Your corners are, are outrageous. Stephon Gilmore, CJ Henderson. You got Shaq Thompson in there, Jace Horn, JC Horn. Derek Brown on the D-line with, with Gross Mateos, or have you say his name. I mean, it's a very yeah. good football team outside of the quarterback position. Yep. I completely agree. That's I think Deshaun Watson would be a tremendous fit there. If Deshaun Watson goes to Carolina, DJ Moore will enter the overall wide receiver one conversation. I agree. I agree. I think and- I think I think I think he's a lock to finish top seven, but he will be in the overall wide receiver one combo. Like he's that good to go with a quarterback like Watson. How about since we're on Carolina here, a guy that Sam and I talked a little bit about a few weeks ago when you were were not on, Paris Marshall. Is that a guy you are trying to buy on the cheap right now, or is he just headed to be a total bust? Right now, it looks like he's headed to be a total bust. Uh, I was reading Matt Harmon's Reception Perception. I, I subscribed there, and oh, man, it's – bear with me here. But I, in his little blip, he compared Terrace Marshall's rookie year to Jalen Rager. That's not something you want to see. Terrace Marshall profiles as your standard alpha. What is he? 6'4", 221, 6'3", 221, 6'2", what have you. Right. But his, his percentage of beating press man is so bad that the chances of him being successful unless we see an offseason this summer of you know an abnormality out of out of a player then he's probably never going to be relevant so i'm not buying at all i'm selling if somebody drops him to waivers or is like depending on how deep your rookie draft is somebody's like hey i'll give you a fifth i'll give you a sixth for him and they take it then i'm then i'm interested just because you never know but I'm not paying anything worth anything for him. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it because you have to be able to be press man to be an outside receiver in this league. Exactly. You just can't. You, I mean, you can't play if it's not that. And it's a bummer because I think it was week three against Houston. They played on Monday night or whatever, and he had four for 48 and looked like I thought he looked kind of explosive and really good. So he's a guy I was I was definitely high on coming into the year so i mean that's there's a reason he's not playing right and i don't know and i don't know what it is and in my second year wide receiver breakout model I'm, I'm excited to put him in there but one of the other thresholds that he's not hitting is i have found a correlation generally rookies that hit at least 50 targets in their first year tend to see an upward trajectory of their second year and potentially right. become extremely valuable fantasy assets He's sitting at 28 right now. He's not going to get what not it, even close. 16 over the next you know, two games each. 
to hit that 50 threshold. So I just, I don't see it happening for him, honestly. What was the number? It was the threshold. I 50 is what I have found. 50 targets or receptions? Targets. Oh, okay. I'm just looking at, now I'm like on this rookie craze. Like, like I'm looking at a guy like Elijah Moore. He, he's all the way up at 77, but he's hurt, obviously. What about, yeah. is is Bateman a guy you would start this week against the Rams? No. He's been, I mean, his usage has been so erratic, just up and down, up and down. It's been really strange, but he just, he did surpass 50 targets. So I guess that's and a he's good also, sign. Yep, but he, he's also very good at beating press man. Yes. My boy Nico Collins is currently sitting at 48 with two games to play. Like so I'm that. excited about that. He's been looking good. Is he a guy that you're willing to start this week? Who do they play? Uh, who do they play? 49ers. No, probably 49ers. not. It's not a bad matchup, but that's that's a super desperate play. If Cooks is out, then then I would consider it a little bit more, but I don't think Cooks will be out again. Yeah. Last uh, rookie I want to get your opinion on. People are kind of going crazy over Jalen Waddle after his performance last night and really just down the stretch of the season. And I I tend to agree. I mean, I, I wasn't fully in on him. Uh, I don't have any shares, but he looks very good, very explosive. And, you know, he's a guy I talked about in the pre-draft process as like kind of being overshadowed by Devontae Smith, but that he might be better than Smith and – I just never invested in him. I, I wasn't totally sold, but uh, he's looked really good lately. How how high? Like, if you're re, re-ranking the rookie class, is he at, just after Chase, wide receiver two? He's up there. He's either two or three. I think I think my top four in no particular order would be Chase, Waddle, Smith, and Bateman. I just Chase, I think, is the clear one. I just I don't know who would be at two. I do regret not drafting him anywhere. I think that was not necessarily a miss, but there was a lot of risk associated, in my opinion, with mm-hmm. getting a guy like him. And his rookie year has been nothing short of outstanding. And it, it really can't get any worse. It, either it's Tua or Deshaun Watson next year. So, right. And he's, I think, I think there's there's a good chance. I think Jalen Waddle is definitely. I've already seen some people rank him as a top twelve dynasty wide receiver. It's a little rich for me. I think I, he, I think he settles nicely in around that sixteen seventeen range. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I do know Sam thinks he's a dynasty wide receiver one. I mean, it it's a little bit like, and I don't want to compare him because him and T Higgins are are very different players, but each player is approaching a value point that is so high, it's just not going to get any higher. Right. So it might be worth selling. But I mean, I probably, I, I probably wouldn't just because it's, you know, sophomore year he's going into. He's still super, super young, 23 years old. He's in a what should be a better offense next year. He's clearly the primary target on, on that team. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I, I don't think his. I could see his value getting even higher. Like it's not as high. I mean, they bring in somebody like Watson and he's the number one target. I mean, Devonte Parker was averaging like seven or eight targets a game. He saw zero Monday night. Like yep. it's clear the offense like runs through Waddle and you know, they'll probably add a running back and add some talent and stuff. But I mean, imagine 
Watson with Waddle as his wide receiver one in Miami. I, I think then he could definitely rather, be wide receiver one. I'd rather imagine Watson and DJ Moore. Yeah, that's fair. I do like DJ Moore, but either way, a lot of exciting young wide receivers. But um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, good luck if you're in the in the you know title game, but if not, talk about it. You know, dynasty never stops. That's what's great about it, right? Even if you're out, there's there's always something you can be doing and being proactive and looking at these guys and trying to send out offers if if uh, you don't have a trade deadline. If you do, start doing your homework for next year. And, and because especially right after the season, there's going to be a, a chance to get some good values on some of these players like we talk about with Terry McLaurin and guys like that. If you can pick somebody like that out, like fresh after the season when somebody has a sour taste in their mouth, uh, that's definitely a good time to do it. So, but good luck to all of our listeners who've made the title game. Hopefully, uh, we helped you get there one way or another. And, you know, even after the season, please, uh, please keep tuning in, please keep reading. Cause we have lots of exciting stuff coming this off season. There's, there's still a ton, a ton that we're doing and working on that we're going to bring you. So, um, yeah, as always, Head on over to patreon.com backslash fantasy scouts. Subscribe there. Head on over to ffballallday.com. Again, we're kind of revamping some stuff. Got some exciting changes coming there, so keep an eye out for that. And uh, join us next week on the Fantasy Scouts podcast where we bring you inside info you won't get anywhere else. 